Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. It's Rebecca here again, and today I have the privilege of interviewing Robin Moriarty, and she is the author of What Game Are You Playing? This is the book that my husband and I thoroughly enjoyed over the weekend. We took turns reading it out loud. So um, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, a brief introduction? Sure. My name is Robin Moriarty. I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you for having me. And giving me the opportunity to talk about the book. Um, I am a regular person who grew up in Northwest Florida in a very small town and at a very early age got hooked on international travel. I had a very good opportunity to travel with my family when I was around 11 or 12 and we went to Germany and I immediately realized the world is big and I want to be a part of it. <laughs> and so that's kind of been a drive for me in terms of what I studied, what I've done over the course of my life. I've had the opportunity to live on four continents, traveled to more than 60 countries. And along the way, I've learned a lot about cultures and about how we in the United States define success a very certain and kind of limited way and how in other parts of the world they define success differently. And I think that there's a lot of reflecting that occurred as a result. And a lot of that reflection is, um, is what you find in the book. I think that's a very good description of, you know, just the concept of your book in general. I was so jealous of you when I read different parts of your book, but I also love to travel. I've lived in a couple of different countries myself, and I love studying countries and cultures, and my children also do. So we had that in common, and we've lived in some of the same places. So that was really interesting, but I was immediately hooked when I read your intro story about why you actually wrote this book. Can you just briefly tell us about what, what gave you the motivation to write this book? Yeah, it's so funny. You know, in life, there are these serendipitous moments that happen that you couldn't even have planned them, but they just sort of hit you in a certain way. And it was one day I was sitting in my office, just typing away at my computer, drinking a cup of coffee, pretty relaxed. And one of my closest friends at work came in and he was huffing and puffing and blustering and he was really upset uh, because our executive CEO compensation had been announced that day and obviously it was someone making a lot more money than he was making and I was making. And he kept saying, he's winning, that guy's winning and we're losing and he's winning. And I just looked up from my computer and I said, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm winning. And he paused and he looked at me and he's like, I know you're not making more money than the CEO. What are you talking about? And I said, I'm playing the game of who's spending the most time in the coolest places around the world. And I'm winning. <laughs> and he kind of stopped and he was like, he was puzzled for a minute and he was like, brilliant. He's like, you should write a book. And so I think that was the moment that it made me realize there are a lot of people who are playing the game of who's winning the most money, who's getting the most money, or who's got the biggest office or biggest title or whatever at work. But there are a lot of different games that you can play. And then I started thinking, not just at work, but at life too. There are a lot of different games that you can play. And just because everybody else is playing a game about titles and promotions and houses and yards and cars and vacations doesn't mean you have to play that same game. You can choose to play your own game. You can define your own success. 
and your own version of winning if you want to. I loved that. It really just resonated with me. But I was wondering, um, so when was that, or was there even, a pivotal moment when you realized what game you were playing? Yeah. And I think that it, it kind of evolved over time. But I think probably the first time I realized how important this game was to me I was working in a large telecommunications company in the US and I was in the international division. And I was offered a promotion to move into the domestic division of the company. And I remember like trying to convince myself that it'll be a good thing, it's a promotion, it's a better job, it's gonna put me on that track. And then there was right. this other part of me going, I don't wanna work for the domestic phone company. And I think that's when I realized that tension and I was really struggling with it. And I think that's when I realized that involvement with different cultures, travel to different places is gonna have to be a part of my life. And I remember in that moment, I had a friend who's from Colombia, and he said, you know, your head can, con no, your heart can convince your head, but your head can't convince your heart. Because he saw me struggling with that thing my head was telling me to do, which was take the promotion, work in the domestic business, you know, be on that track. But he knew my heart was definitely pulling me in a different direction. So I think that, that was probably the moment that I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get comfortable that there are some things I'm going to give up because I want to pursue this other path, but that's okay because I really want this other path. So it was kind of at that point, you really realized what was important to you as opposed to what was maybe important to well, what people say we should um, consider important. And um, I think the reason that that really hit home with me too is because as I get older, the more I want to hone in my focus on what's really important to me. And I realize, okay, my time on this earth is, you know, getting shorter as I get older and, you know, a couple years away from 50. And I'm thinking, okay, now I need to be doing the thing I was put here to do. I need to focus on what's important to me. And I know you talk about that in your book. Um, and so I was just wondering, um, why do you, I mean, it's because not everyone that's going to read your book is, you know, my age, there's going to be younger people and older people, but why do you think it's so important to play the game that's right for you as an individual? So I've been thinking about this a lot and we're actually the same age pretty much, I think. Um, but I think a lot more now about energy and where you spend your energy. And I think in my 20s, I had a lot of energy that I could spend on a lot of different things. And then in my 30s, 30s were actually pretty hard for me. And I realized that um, there were, I still had a lot of energy, but maybe I needed to make some choices about where I spent it. In my 40s, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely on that path of what's important to me and letting a lot of the other things that seemed really important fall to the wayside. And some of those things that I felt like I should be doing, letting those kind of, kind of fall to the side as I'm getting more and more clear on what it is I want and more aware and conscious of how I'm spending my energy towards doing those things. And that's really hard because a lot of people want you to do the other things and you feel bad when you don't spend your energy doing those other things. And so it's a little bit of a, um, you know, there's, a, there's quite a bit of courage and confidence that goes with deciding you're going to focus on what you wanna do instead of on what everyone else wants you to do. But what I found is when I do that, I actually start getting more energy. 
instead of less energy and that doing those other things that people wanted me to do was what was actually taking my energy away. Um, and so I feel like I have more energy for the things that I want now because I'm not doing all those other things. It's like, you know, wow. people about balance. And I'm like, do I look balanced? I'm not balanced. <laughs> There's no balance here. But the goal is to do as little as the other stuff I don't want to do. So I've got more energy and time to do the stuff that I do want to do. And that, yes. I think, is, is the core part that happens when you start playing your own game instead of someone else's. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I think um, that that really does have a lot to do with expectations, expectations that we're raised with, expectations from society, and even expectations that we put on ourselves and we're not even sure where they came from. But I think as far as, you know, I mean, thinking about younger, the younger generation, I have, you know, some children that are young adults now. And, you know, so some say you meet someone who's just sort of floating through life, you know, kind of doing their own thing, no real direction. They're not really sure what they want to do with life. Um, you know, they're just kind of taking life as it comes, good, bad, ugly, whatever. And, you know, maybe they're not completely satisfied with the way things are going. But I guess the point is, you know, life can happen to you. And before you know it, you're ever so far down the road and you realize you're not making those choices. So how would you encourage someone in, in this kind of wandering path? Um, how would you encourage them to start achieving what matters most? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, when I look at moments in my life when I've been wandering and I've been in that space, and there definitely have been years um, that I've spent in that space. I think for me what it was was I was so held by others' expectations and what I was supposed to be doing, and I knew that that wasn't right, and it felt uncomfortable, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I didn't know how to not do what everyone else told me to do. And I think that was that's like this deep process of conditioning and of socialization that happens. And it starts from the time that we're born. People start putting expectations on us about how we behave and what we do and judgment about what's good and what's bad and what you reinforce positively and reinforce negatively with someone, rewards and punishments and things like that. And, you know, it starts when we're very little and it happens when we're in school and as we're teenagers with our peer groups and as we get older with the people that we're in relationships with, the people that we work with, you know, and you kind of find yourself in a situation where you know what's expected of you, but you also know that it's not really working for you, right. but you've internalized all those expectations expectations so completely that you don't even know what's your own voice versus someone else's voice in your head right yes and one of the things in the book and you know I've definitely gone through a lot of years of therapy <laughs> one of the things in the book that I find really powerful is this exercise of what do other people want for you and what do other people want from you teachers colleagues friends boyfriends girlfriends parents whoever what do, what do they want for you and what do they want from you? And going through that exercise, I think, is a really good way to start understanding what expectations that other people have put on you, you have internalized. And then you can start saying, okay, wait, but does that one work for me or not? And then you can start pushing them off and saying, no, this is what really works for me. And so it's kind of a way of cleaning house a little bit of all the different expectations that you have absorbed because you have 
you know, I go to the grocery store and I look at the checkout line and the magazines in the checkout line. I mean, there are messages like crazy of what kind of life you're supposed to be living just in the checkout line at the supermarket. Don't even start with social media and television and movies and all this other stuff. Um, and then just the day to day, we absorb all these messages and it gets really hard sometimes to realize what's ours versus someone else's. So just pausing and asking yourself, like, is that really mine or is that something I've internalized from someone else? And from there, you can kind of peel back and then start constructing again based on what you really want to achieve. And again, in that sort of floating period that some of us have, I think what it really is, is you're trying to figure out what it is you want in the middle of all the stuff that other people are telling you to want. And you, you have to step back and peel those layers off so that then you can construct again in your own way. Wow, that is really good. I think that's such good advice, especially for young people, you know, in their 20s and 30s, just, you know, starting out on that path in life and not really being sure, you know, whose game they're playing. I mean, I, I was sure. There is so much pressure. And I was talking to someone, yes, uh, over the weekend, uh, she's a mortgage originator and she was talking about her team and how they're like always given 110% and they're so hard on themselves. And, and, you know, I think they're, like you said, they're playing a game. They're not even really sure what, you know, what game they are playing. They bought into that and they have those expectations. So I definitely think that that advice, I hope it gets into the hands, hands of, you know, all the young people because they need to know how to get on their path and to play their game. Right, right. And I want to make a point that I think is pretty important. You know, I started out talking about being in my office at my desk with my email. Mm -hmm. Not like your own game has to mean moving to an ashram or going off the grid or doing something completely crazy. It's more about your motivation for doing things and what you're making your decisions on and driving towards. I have an office job. I work in an office. I'm not saying you have to quit your job and turn everything upside down. Mm -hmm. If you want to, that's okay too. But right. it's more your motivation of why you're doing something and understanding the why and letting that guide you instead of letting all these other people's inputs and expectations guide you through big decisions in your life. I can't agree with that more. So one of the things I loved when I was reading your book, uh, you talk about the different games that people play and you named some of the games. And I thought that was really, really clever of you. And I was wondering, did you think of the name of the game or are the examples, did they think of the name of the game they were playing? For example, they're, you're, they're playing their games, but I put the name on it. Okay. <laughs> I thought, oh, I wonder if she'll name my game for me. But I did take your quiz and I'll tell you about that later. Um, but I loved your friend that said they stayed motivated while playing the experience at all game by sending her packages to her office. Because that it reminded me immediately of what I did. Uh, my husband's always been the one to commute. And so to make life easier for him, we moved halfway between, you know, what he does and, and I did. So now not just he was commuting. Now everyone's commuting. And it was really, I, my expectations were that he didn't want to commute, but he didn't care. So I had put this thing on myself. And so suddenly I'm commuting and I didn't like to at all. So to make it more pleasurable for me, I did something that I did love to do. And that was studying Mandarin Chinese. So for the year that I spent with this 30 minute one way, 30 minute back. So an hour of commuting, I would just study Mandarin Chinese with my 
11 year old daughter. And by the time the year, the end of the year was up, we had a trip planned to China and she and I were both able to fluently communicate with people in China during this trip that we, a family trip we took. And I thought, you know, it was the motivation was there, but I mean, and I know that wouldn't work for everyone, but I thought that your friend had such a clever idea. Yeah, she's super clever, but I think that's the thing, right? So if you've got a situation, especially if it's commute time or, or something else, like you might as well figure out how to get something great out of it, you know, how to, how to, and, and it is kind of playing a little bit of game with yourself saying, right. Oh, another thing I want to do, and there's this thing that maybe I don't like, but I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to make it work for me. My experience at all friend, she is the one that I call when I need to justify purchasing the pair of shoes. <laughs> She's the one, she's the one that I call when I need like a little bit of encouragement to, to do something slightly indulgent. Um, and I love her for that. And she is just so full of life and such a joy to be around. And, you know, it comes with consequences. And I write about that in the book. I mean, she's got some pretty big credit card bills, but she, but she makes it work for herself, right? She's yeah. doing things to make it work for herself because that's what she wants to do. And I think that's fine. I think some people criticize her saying, oh, she's doing too much or look at all these clothes she has. She's spending too much money on things that aren't important, but that's judgment and criticism. And I usually tell them, you know, kind of back off. It's her choice and she's handling it. And, you know, you can go and make your choices and handle yours, but right. she's done it in a way that works for her. So, you know, kudos and applause. <laughs> I love that. I mean, because we don't all play the same game. And it, I think that's the brilliance of your book is just to figure it out and to know what game you're playing and own it, basically. Um, but I did, I loved your examples. And I think everyone that reads it, they're going to enjoy reading about all of your friends. And I love that you named the games that they're playing. But yeah, um, one, of, one of the other things about the games, and, and I go into this in the book too, you know, some of them are big life games, right? But some right. of them are fun and small. Mm -hmm. And I definitely had fun playing the, you know, I don't want to do PowerPoint for two months game work or, or the, you know, don't eat lunch at my desk game or some of those others that are smaller games that mm -hmm. really kind of address burnout or quality of life or some other objectives too. And, and I think that that's, that's a good way to think about it as well. And sometimes practicing with little games makes it easier for you to rethink your bigger game and, and sort of bigger life questions. Yes, that's a very good point. And along that line, I had noticed, I took notes um, when I was reading the book, one of the things that you suggested, well, you, you didn't suggest it. You can correct the way that I perceived this, um, but you mentioned about throwing out the timeline and you're obviously not saying, oh, just don't pay attention. You are about setting goals, but you're talking about um, not measuring your life based on someone else's measurement. And my therapist calls it not, um, she says not measuring your life with someone else's yardstick. I mean, you know, if you're, she gave the example of her friend was writing a book and then she was like, oh, I can't believe I haven't written a book by now. And then she's like, well, wait a minute, do I actually want to write a book? Is that my game? And so I agree that sometimes it can be difficult to do, especially when we start, you know, trying to meet other people's expectations. And then when you pair that with the um, idea, the concept in your book that you also mentioned about focusing on what brings you joy. 
So I was hoping you would offer some advice for people who might be playing that um, I can barely pay my bills game and they don't really have necessarily the time to focus on the things that bring them joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to jump back just real quick to the thing about other people's yardsticks. I think about this a lot when people talk about bungee jumping or, or skydiving, right? Yeah. And I think I really love to say I went bungee jumping or I love to say I went skydiving, but I don't actually want to do those. <laughs> <laughs> the process of it would be horrible. <laughs> I enjoy it at all. It's just, there are some things in life where I think you go, I'd really like to be able to say I did that, but I don't <laughs> want to do it. And so distinguishing that I think is important too. Sometimes, yes. sometimes you need to check yourself on what's fun to say you did versus what's fun to actually do. they have an acronym for that? Isn't that something like connected to social media where you see other people do it and you're like, oh, that would make a great hashtag, but yeah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, probably. I don't know, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> So to go back to your more important question, and um, and I, I want to be very serious about this because I do think it is serious, and I have a ton of respect for people who are working like crazy, trying to make ends meet. One of the people who's most influential in my life is someone who was like a mother to me when I was living in Argentina. I said she was the Italian mother I never knew I needed, but she um, she had one formal job. She had two informal jobs. She had, she was a single mom with kids who built a house that had three apartments in it and this guy living downstairs running like a little kiosk store space and did it all completely on her own, you know, with very little help. And so, you know, I feel very influenced and connected to that in, in very serious ways. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who are making it work and making it happen. And um, I recognize the dignity in that. Um, and what I would say is, you know, and what I've learned from her, what I've learned in some of my own difficult experiences and from other people is that when you are in that situation where you are just working to make the ends meet and it's really hard, a lot of times that's draining your energy to be able to go and do some of the other things that you'd want to do, like take a class or look for a different job or, you know, just find some joy and have some relaxation time. And, one of the things that I've thought about a lot is how do you bring some of that joy into whatever job you're doing when you're making those ends meet? How do you bring some of that light and, and humor sometimes and sort of levity into those situations? Because that will help you with your energy and it will help you sort of get on a more positive trajectory in terms of having the ability to see other opportunities and to see um, some positivity in a situation that, you know, again, definitely doesn't feel like there's any there. And so, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I want to be very serious about that. And I think that thinking about where your joy comes from, and if you can incorporate it into some of those, in, into some of that work that you're doing, whether it's music or playing, you know, games in your head or it's, you know, people that you're interacting with or, you know, Mandarin classes or whatever it is those kinds of things can start giving you energy instead of having your energy pulled away. And that can start getting you on a more positive trajectory and momentum. And I know a lot of people, it's really tough right now. And I don't want to, I don't want to minimize that at all. But I do want to say that if you can start pulling some more joy into what you're doing in a regular way, then that will start getting on a more positive path. 
Right. So find some silver lining. Just look hard enough for just some silver lining. Yeah. And so when I look at when I look at this person who was really influential to me, I mean, she would sing all day. <laughs> that was where a lot of her joy came from. And, you know, she laughed a lot or she had headphones and she would listen to some different um, radio shows that she enjoyed a lot that were humorous or she would do different, you know, different um, um, ways that she would walk home, different paths to walk through different neighborhoods and learn different parts of the city. You know, she had different things that she would do that would keep her lively, keep her going and, uh, and to keep her energy up. And that helped propel her in that direction to be able to accomplish all of the things that she accomplished for herself and her family. That's good. That's good. And that brings me to, um, I, I was reading in your epilogue, the last couple of pages of your book. I, I loved how you kind of made an analogy to um, having these expectations from other people, you know, put on you and you likened it to putting on layers and layers and layers of clothing. And then, you know, you're like walking around with all these heavy, burdensome clothing on. So I just wanted to ask you a personal question. And since it seems like you're, you're playing your own game, it sounds like you're the real deal. So how close are you to your goal of wearing flip-flops and a sundress and wandering down the beach carefree? <laughs> and that image, that's a, that's a real one that I think about because that's what it feels like when people start putting their expectations on you and you accept them. Yeah. You put on a shirt and a sweater and another sweater and a backpack and a coat and another thing. And then you've got your suitcase and a hat and and you're, you're weighed down by expectations of other people. Um, I'm not quite in flip-flops and a sundress yet. <laughs> I'll be honest there. Let's see, if I use that analogy, I'm probably like, um, probably in like jeans and some lace-up tennis shoes and uh, probably two or three shirts. <laughs> you're getting there. Uh, not totally there yet, but definitely a lot less weighed down than I've been in the past. And again, I, that's what's giving me energy is that I'm not weighed down by all those other things that other people have put on me. Um, but I think I've got a few more layers to go before I get to the flip-flops and the sundress. But I understand. Okay. Well, at least you're honest. I mean, I think it's really a, a good goal, but hard to achieve. Yeah. And I also <laughs> So like life just keeps throwing things at you, which is the part about the timeline that bothers me because no one ever puts difficult things in their timelines, you know, in your timeline, right. everything's going to work out perfect. Uh -huh. You're going to get the job and you're going to have a house and, you know, your kids are going to be fine. No one's going to have health issues. You know, no one puts things in their timeline that aren't positive. And so, you know, the truth is life throws lots of different things at you, but you got to just kind of keep moving forward and evolving and growing and changing and morphing and adapting to be able to meet those needs. But if you've got some core thing that you're about, that you can kind of ground yourself on, then as you're facing those different kinds of challenges, you've got kind of an anchor there that can help keep you, you know, keep you going in, in the direction that you want to be going instead of, you know, kind of like a ship in the storm that's getting sent everywhere all over the place. Yes, that is such good advice. I love that. Um, which brings me to your quiz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that you are you gutsy.com. <laughs> yeah, tell us one more time. It's are at 
areyougutsy.com. So and I'll put the link in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, make sure you go to the link so you can take this quiz. Um, Robin put together a really um, insightful quiz. I scored lower than I expected myself to. So <laughs> I was a little disappointed with myself. I had some expectations on me and um, I think I'm maybe a little bit of a people pleaser. Uh, but I liked what you wrote, the encouragement with my score. You were saying, you know, maybe it's some time for some serious reflection, you know, and going after the things that, you know, create a more fulfilling life for me. And I actually wrote that down in my planner. So I'm, I put that in my passion planner and I'm going to keep that in front of me as I contemplate my path. And so I highly recommend if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching the video to go and take Robin's quiz and see where you end up and also to run out and get her book, um, What Game Are You Playing? It's a pretty quick read. We read it over the weekend. Now, I noticed you had like some little spots in here. Um, do you really mean for people to write in your book? I do. Write in the book. Break the rule. Write in the book. <laughs> I have so much respect for books. I had to take notes on the side. <laughs> so that's the thing too. And um, you can sign up on the website once, the, once you have the book and you can get worksheets. So I'll give you a PDF copy of all those worksheets so you can write on pieces of paper. And I also think that's helpful because again, every few years you might want to just kind of check in where you are and see if you're still playing the game you want to play. So uh, so you'll be able to do that in the book or yes. you can do it sort of with worksheets on the side if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to write in the book. Right. I love that you include the PDF copies for people to yeah. download. Once they have the book, they can get that. And it's like kind of like a little workbook to go along with it. So um, make sure you check the show notes so that you can get a hold of her book and the quiz and you can get started um, redefining success and getting on the path to achieve what you actually want to do most in life. Thank you, Robin, so much for being with yeah. us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the opportunity to share what I've learned with other people. Well, I think it's going to be really empowering for everyone. I think the book is really a useful tool and I really especially recommend it for young adults and women. I mean, like myself, I mean, I didn't score on the highest range on your quiz so i apparently have some working on getting my focus honed <laughs> there we go there we go excellent right. thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you robin thanks for being with us thanks for listening please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast find out more about sleep hygiene eating healthy tasty recipes zero waste lifestyle and lots more on thatorganicmom.com help us spread the word be blessed and stay healthy